today on Tax Justice Warriors. I am going to be looking at ethical issues when it comes to working tax cases. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I am your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low-Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. This episode is the next-to-last episode focusing on the tax procedure course that I taught at Washburn University School of Law. This topic is a turn to ethical issues specifically related to tax, and I based my presentation for the students on different ethics presentations from the Fall 2016 American Bar Association Section of Taxation meeting. There were some ethics presentations that I found quite useful. They opened my eyes a little bit to specific tax issues, specifically certain ethical issues to focus on, and they made me change a little bit how I ran my practice with regard to the low-income taxpayer clinic. So I will go through some of these ethical issues with you and then point out some of the changes I made with regard to documents I would gather from clients. Now the first ethical topic is the scope of representation for a client that if you are representing a client with other legal issues that may come up. How are you going to limit the scope of representation? For example, in family law you might say, I am going to represent this client with regard to their divorce, but I'm not going to represent them with any post-divorce actions, such as modification of child support or custody or different other matters. With regard to certain other types of law, you may state, I am going to represent this individual in non-trial matters and not going to represent them with regard to trial or certain other ways that you might tell them that you are going to represent them for a certain period and not going to go any further. Now how this plays out in the tax context could be with regard to preparing tax returns that You might limit the number of years that you are preparing tax returns for an individual. You may not prepare tax returns for someone. There are certainly different considerations you may have with regard to what type of work you want to do, what you want to be responsible for, and how much you want to help that individual. Another issue is that when dealing with the IRS, matters may go on for years, or it can be difficult to say when exactly the representation is over. For example, I have had clients that have been through tax court, then 
needed to be in currently not collectible status, needed an offer in compromise with the IRS, and then I did a petition for abatement with the state of Kansas, which is what they call their settlement agreement. So it would certainly be understandable to tell a client at any of those stages, this is as far as I'm going to represent you and not going to continue assisting you further with your tax issues. It is always good to have a written agreement for representation, whether that is an engagement letter or you call it another form. It is best to spell out in writing just what assistance you are providing for the client so that they know. But I have left different tax controversy representation open-ended, and part of it is that they're coming to Kansas Legal Services for assistance with regard to tax problems. And so I keep working to assist them until I am determining that there is no longer a tax problem. But some of it is that I do have some leeway with regard to clients that potentially if they are being rude, then we may part ways. But certainly more of the times when I've parted ways with clients is that they are not being responsive not being cooperative, not providing paperwork, but generally just not responding to any of my contacts with them. So I will often send a letter to them saying to respond to me within a certain period of time. They often do not, and then I wind up closing their cases. The next main issue is informed consent. And this goes with the joint representation of spouses, that often in representing a married couple, that certainly tax preparers, they often work with a married couple to prepare tax returns or amend tax returns. And as an attorney, then that can go beyond to dealing with a tax controversy, such as collection matters, or going to tax court. Now, my approach with this is that the married couple is an entity, and if the spouses are having a disagreement, or that goes all the way to getting a divorce or some other breakup of the relationship, then we need to see whether they have a conflict of interest or not, which may interfere with providing representation to the married couple. If it is not salvageable, then that may mean I would not be able to represent the married couple and may not be able to represent either of them in the future. So I learned at that ABA meeting to send forms to the married couple at the beginning to let them know that if they come to a disagreement, then I may not be able to represent them in the future to have them sign off on that and let them know. So at the CLE presentation, they gave some examples 
of what if you have one spouse coming to you and saying, oh, I did not report any of this type of income on the tax return, don't tell my other spouse. So perhaps you have the husband saying, keep this secret from the wife telling you as an attorney. Well, the guidance is that as an attorney, you're not supposed to be keeping secrets from your clientele. So if there is one member of the marriage saying to keep secrets from the other spouse in the marriage, then you have to inform that spouse, look, I am representing the both of you as one joint entity. I cannot keep secrets from you. And so I have to tell that other spouse, or may, maybe this may mean I do not represent you in this tax matter anymore, but that is part of the issues in that representation. Now, later on in real life, uh, in the last year or two, I was representing a married couple and then spoke with their accountant, and he said, oh, by the way, they are divorced since they needed to petition tax court, and it turned out there could potentially be an innocent spouse issue, I informed both of the spouses, and it wound up being that one of the spouses went to another local tax clinic in the Kansas City area, and we represented them that way. So I wanted to let you know that it is worthwhile to have an informed consent form when it comes to representation of married couples so that they know in the case of disagreement between the spouses or divorce that there could potentially be a conflict of interest that may interfere with your representation of either or both of the clients. The next topic of ethics I wanted to turn to is limited scope representation. Now, I look at this in a certain way that the Kansas Legal Services Low-Income Taxpayer Clinic is the only such clinic within the state of Kansas. So I do feel like I am providing a, a service throughout the state and want to provide as much as I can to Kansas citizens as I am able. But we are the main form of legal aid representation throughout the state. So often what happens is that we provide a divorce for a client, and then the ethical issue comes up. What if that adverse party then comes to me for a tax issue or representation? Well, what I determined is that I would assist that adverse party with their tax issue to the extent that it does not harm the prior client of Kansas Legal Services. So that can become tricky that some areas would definitely be avoided like tax court, but when it comes to their joint tax return and collection issues, then there are certainly actions I do not want to do that would help one spouse but would hurt the other. 
So certainly innocent spouse would likely help one and hurt the other, potentially offers in compromise, may or may not be in that category, but definitely I would assist with currently not collectible and with a installment agreement for that adverse party who is now my client. So I drafted a form for that as well, stating that I would represent them in a limited capacity because I am not going to do anything that would harm the previous client of Kansas Legal Services. Now I'm going to spend a little less time on some other ethical issues, but I wanted to mention that these are areas that certainly come up in legal aid practice, but they often can come up as well in any other kind of private practice that an attorney may be dealing with, and certainly in the tax preparation capacity. For one, there is the duty of confidentiality that you certainly do not want to be sharing your client's private information with the public, but it can be a bit of a issue in legal aid environments where you have someone who is a guardian or has a power of attorney for another individual, and so you need to certainly be clear on who is the client, who is the family member assisting, and how much information you are to provide to each of them which this leads into clients with special circumstances like diminished capacity, that there are certainly individuals who may have reduced capacity when it comes to physical or mental conditions that may interfere with their understanding of what is going on. Certainly there can be language barriers and they get into unavailability or death then if you have a client who is hospitalized or dies during your representation, then those are different actions to take as well. So one example is I was representing a client with an offer in compromise. I knew that she had health issues and was actually seemed to be getting close to having an offer approved when she did die and we frankly had to stop our negotiation. I don't believe she had an estate, but if she did, then perhaps that could have rescued the offer and compromise. Now I am mainly bringing these up as ethical issues. I do not necessarily have all of the answers, but I wanted to bring them up to let you know that these are different items to think about in representation, some areas that you might want to be prepared for in advance, and certainly areas I wanted to let young law students or new attorneys to know and be prepared about for their careers. So certainly in the hypotheticals, they bring up what if there is a diminished capacity or death when it comes to representation of a client in a collections action or with a tax court case? 
letting the audience know to think about these kind of issues, what you are supposed to do. So I wanted to bring these up just to say that there are certain ethical issues to think about, specifically when it comes to taxes. And so certainly by being in taxes, that does not guide us away from ethical issues, that it is not an area of law or practice that helps you to avoid ethical problems. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I would ask that it would help you to improve your practice. But thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.